0: I think that the concept of us meeting up with a stranger to ultimately come together and let's say make family, if that's what you end up wanting to do, is like the greatest story of hope. As humans, we're taught to like be afraid of each other and to be separate from each other, to be scared of each other. But then we do this wild thing, which is we go have coffee with absolute strangers.
1: Welcome to Let It Out. I'm Katie. This week, back on the podcast, a friend of mine, Nikki Novo. She's a Cuban-American author and medium. She has about a million certifications, including being a certified hypnotherapist and Theta Healer and Reiki master. She now works with the Akashic Records, which I didn't really know anything about. And she does these sessions that are really hard to explain. But incredible And I got to experience one recently And we talked about a little bit in this episode But Nikki says basically She was doing a lot of different sessions With different people And culminated everything she's learned Into how she works with people now We talk about that and so much more She moved recently So we talk a lot about moving And the energy of that We talk about how fixing What's going on in one area of your life Can bleed into other areas and vice versa. We talk about dating and love and sex and why we all love talking about those things and thinking about those things. She talks about her perspective on soulmates and we get into intuition and using our intuition, she believes, and I think I do too, that we're all psychic and we can all maybe not be a medium like Nikki is, but work with our intuition. And I give an example about decision making, specifically indecision. I really liked this conversation. I'm excited for you to hear it. It's also a swap cast. So I am a guest on Nikki's podcast. So if you want to hear that, you can go over there. I'll link to it. We've known each other for years and we talk about how we met at the beginning of this, but I love her so much. And I'm really happy she's back on the show and that you're here listening. I'm so happy that you're here again. You did the podcast, I don't know, a really long time ago. This is actually a swap cast, if you will. I was a guest (laughs) on Nikki's podcast. I don't know when these will be airing, if it'll be the same week or if mine will come out first or yours will come out first. But I guess we'll set this up in both of them, just in case. But if people want to hear the other side of the conversation, they should go over to your podcast, and 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 hopefully vice versa. But yeah, I know we told the story there, and we've we've known each other for nearly a decade, and you had me on your podcast. I think that was how we first connected. Is is that right? To
0: yes, remind yes, me, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Like I pretty sure that I was like starting a podcast my best friend owns a like a supplement company and she always listens to wellness like podcasts and you had a wellness podcast at the time and she's like you know I really and she just turned me on to you she's like I really like this girl like I think you would like her and I started listening to you and I just I just felt like we would be friends so I reached out to you uh invited you like asked you if you would be on my podcast and it was so funny like my my setup was so amateur that you were like let me, I'm going to record this for us. Like the way that I was, I don't know what I was doing. Like, I don't know how I was recording, but you Uh were just like, I'm going to record this for you and I'll send you the file. (laughs) I was like, oh man, she's so nice. And then, yeah. And then we saw each other in person at the Gabby Bernstein event. Uh, She did like a live event. And then I, just, you know, we briefly saw each other. We shared like a cab is pretty much what I remember.
1: Yeah. We met each other in person in New York. We shared a cab. I vividly remember that and just thinking you were so cool. I do remember recording that conversation because I was like, she's so cool, but I really think this
0: is not going to be And I
1: just want to make sure.
0: <laughs> You're like, I don't want to waste my time here. So let's just make sure. Let's help no, us, let's help it us out. Even,
1: it would not have been a waste <laughs> at all, but I'm just happy that we were able to to do it. And yeah, then we've kind of kept in touch since and like orbited each other. And we shared someone who Danica, this amazing person who worked with me for a, a while, like a couple of years found me, I think through you.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I guess I must have introduced her, you to her. I, I'm thinking that's I, we would have to ask her that, but that's probably how.
1: Yeah. And she just reached out to me and she was like, I'm a friend of Nikki's. I work with Nikki, but I'm like maybe looking to work with someone else. And we had dinner at Divya's Kitchen, who Divya has done the <laughs> podcast, and it was lovely. And then, um, yeah, Danica worked with me for a while. And Danica still works with you, um, yeah. but her role there expanded. So she is just doing that, which is so exciting. And I'm so, so happy for her and, yeah. and for you and the expansion of that. And anyway, there's been so much change, you know, collectively and and through, you know, obviously the last 10 years since since we first connected. But what's been going on for you? You know, you just got to LA, but what have you been learning or what has been inspiring to you right now? I know your family just relocated, which is huge because I think of you as so Miami and that, that felt like part of your identity to me, even though I know you lived in LA and you didn't live there exclusively. But You know, I'd love to hear about the the move and just anything that's, you know, been coming up for you presently.
0: Yeah, we definitely uh, made a big change. I am a Miami girl, like through and through, because my family's Cuban. Um, Both my parents are Cuban, and all my friends are Cuban. And like, we are Miami. (laughs) Like, we're like the kids that grew up in Miami. So, yeah, my, my, you know, I wear the hoops and like the whole deal. So, Miami is definitely part of the identity and that's why it was really hard to move. And um, like you, Katie, like, you know, we had basically our COVID moment as a family and just, I don't know, it's just something about COVID that made it easier to move in a weird way. We had always wanted to We had been called to the mountains for a while, but I think we were dreaming of like having like a summer home and, you know, staying in Miami, but having like this like summer, you know, farm place that we can visit to because it is like damn hot in Miami, by the way. never visit Miami in the summer, guys, just so you know. And we were like just looking for something that we can escape to. And we always loved Asheville. And the truth was that when 2020 hit around, we went to Asheville for the summer and we were there for my birthday And I remember just like looking at my husband and being like, why are we putting life off? You know, like if we love it here and there's something that's calling us here, my business is online. So I had that flexibility and my husband was, he had just closed his business because he was like really burnt out. He was actually in the process of getting sober. And I don't know, our family, we had, we actually are celebrating 10 years of marriage now in February. And our family Congrats. was kind of like, yeah, thanks. Our family was kind of like going through some sort of like rebirth, you know, and it just seemed very fitting to, to move the whole, to move the whole family. But it was really hard because my fam, like my parents live there. Um, and it, you know, there's just, there's certain like cultures that like were so enmeshed to like talk about like codependency and like no boundaries. Like most Hispanic cultures are like that. And there's days that I'm in Asheville and I'm driving around and I have this feeling, Katie, it's the weirdest feeling, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I got out. Like there's something about like living in the place where you grew up in kind of having the same friends, being with your family, like being near your family that feels in a re- like kind of like trapping, like you kind of feel like you could never get out. like, there's just this feeling that you'll never, you're never going to leave. So when I did leave and I took my whole family with me, i was like it felt like i broke out of jail <laughs> so that's how it feels these days like almost it's just so funny how we keep ourselves from the things we really love because nobody was trapping me like nobody was keeping me in in a cage in miami but i i there was this quiet agreement that i had made with myself that like i was being trapped there and i was keeping myself from like very simple things like that i couldn't enjoy. Like um, I was like, well, I'll never live in nature. So I, you know, I'm not gonna be able to like hike. I'll never live by these cute artisan stores because that's not like Miami or all these ideas that I just kind of, I had tossed out the window for me. I was like, that's just not an option for me. And when our family started going through that renaissance, my husband was, you know, getting sober, closing his business 2020. I just make, we just made this decision. And once we landed in Asheville, it was just so interesting how it was like, not it was hard. I'm not going to say it wasn't hard, but at the same time, like there's this realization that nobody was keeping me from my own happiness. I just it would be hard. It was hard to tell people, and it was hard to tell my parents and all that kind of stuff. But nobody was keeping me from my happiness, you know, like only I was. <laughs> and now we're living on thirty acres in just a little outside of Asheville, and we ha- you know, we live in the mountains. like i I literally can hike every day, in my backyard, which is, fascinating to me. And we have a little farm with some animals and we're living in a small home because we're building like our more permanent home. And I don't know. I just look out at that window and I look at that mountain and I'm like, holy shit, how did I do this? And it really does feel like a dream. But at the same time, it was a dream that I created. <laughs> so it's just funny how I thought it was a dream, but I actually like created it also. So was it a dream or was it me keeping me from the, from a dream?
1: Yeah, like you were an active participant in making that happen, and maybe didn't even allow yourself to identify what you wanted because you didn't like even subconsciously believe it was possible for you. I think that's really common. Like, I don't, this is something that has really been a lesson for me in the last several years. I mean, I really relate to everything you're saying, like, for me having some distance from where I grew up has allowed me to figure out my own identity outside of my family of origin and a lot outside of even the further I've gone away. And I also relate to what you said about, you know, having those moments of looking out the window. You know, I do it too, looking at the mountains or the palm trees and just it being nice out every day and January is mind-blowing to me. Like, I I have that too, and I'm I'm really grateful it's not lost on me. However, I feel like I want to quickly get to this part because I don't think it's necessary for everyone. And I want to, like, for people listening, a big lesson that I learned in moving to New York is what was correct for Nikki or I and, like, okay, it seems like we really found our footing in in this move that, you know, really kind of came from COVID, came as a result of lockdown. One thing I, I had like a chip on my shoulder about moving when I moved to New York, where I thought that living in a city, particularly on the coast, like living in New York or LA was everything I ever wanted, you know, and not even in Los Angeles. Like I I'd never even been here. I couldn't even like conceive of this, but I had been to New York and you obviously see it in the media a lot. So it, it felt like this just, I couldn't even conceive of what it would be like, but it's all I wanted. You know, it felt like a real win. And, and and my boyfriend at the time, when I moved, lived in Detroit and had moved away and come back. And he really helped me to see, like, it doesn't make you cool to live in a big city. Like, there are cool people everywhere. You can find people who are artists or are whatever you connect with a- anywhere, and they're it's that they actually might be cooler you know and and the cost of living is is better in all these other places and it doesn't make you you know your identity isn't living in a certain place and he really you know helped me see that and like remove that chip from my shoulder which was cool but at the same time i also feel like what i couldn't communicate to him because we felt so differently was like he was totally good to live there and live close to his family and had a pretty uncomplex relationship to them and enjoyed it. And, and, and really his job did really well there and all of that. And I can live anywhere for, for my job, but I really wanted to be elsewhere and I, I needed to, to, to be able to express myself in the way that I want. And I'm sure I could do this in other places, but finding what feels correct for you and admitting to yourself what's correct for you and, and knowing that like, it might be ego why you need to move somewhere. Like it doesn't, if it is ego, then that's not really a reason, but if it, and also try it, like try it on. I think trying on any sort of practice and moving is an expensive one to try on. But if you are in a place where you can do that, and sometimes also I want to say that like moving isn't possible for everyone. You know, I had a friend of mine when I moved to LA, I sublet a bunch, but eventually found this place and was fully starting over. You know, I had no furniture, I had nothing here. And I I posted about that. And she was like, wow, that must be so freeing. Like, I'm so jealous. And I looked at her and her life and her husband and dogs and the house that they owned and all of that. And I was like, that must be so nice and grounding. I'm jealous, you know? So it's like grass is always greener. and it's Yeah, and it's so different. And I think we all just have to, be really honest with ourselves of like, is this coming from ego and like an ego need to do something? Or is this something I genuinely really want to do? And I'm just scared. Or I thought that I couldn't because of, you know, conditioning or not being able to see that that's possible for me or feeling obligated. And I think it's just a real self-honesty situation, right?
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's fascinating because like in the work that I do actually, should I move? It's like a common question (laughs) that we get as like when you're an intuitive and there's definitely, you know, a way to look into that for sure. But half of the time we're moving because we are trying to, you know, run away from something and we're trying to change our, our situation. And we may be blaming like all these challenges on the place or our on our unhappiness, really, on the place that we live. So I actually feel that you have to find your happiness in the place that you're living, even if it's like not your first choice. Like really do the best you can. Like live into that place as much as you can. And that's what we did with with Miami. Like we had a beautiful home, and um we had great friends, and we were living like miami life and and we were happy. The reason to move was like actually not out of unhappiness necessarily. It was more out of like I think there might be like something more and this mm-hmm. like calling of going. But if I would have moved honestly, Katie, like if we would have moved maybe three years ago, we had been looking for like six years. So if we would have moved like say like three years ago, my husband was still would have still been, you know, using, I would have still been unhappy with my company because it like wasn't making sense at the time. And it would have been a shit show, you know, like if I would have been like, oh, well, the only thing what's missing here is that we need to move. I'm unhappy in Miami. When the truth is there was so much healing. Like I had set that intention or we had set, my husband and I had set the, that intention to mount and had been calling us for so long, but it took us actually six years to get there. And I feel like the, from the minute that we first, cause we went six years ago to visit and, and we had like a realtor and all that. And I feel like almost the land was like, okay, we would love to have you here, but there's a lot of work you need to do before you get here. And little did I know that like from that moment that we first looked to the time that we actually moved, our family went through so much healing. I went through like personal healing myself and really like you said, like the releasing of that ego and all that to when we moved, it was like moving is so damn expensive. I did not expect that. (laughs) But other than like the expenses, it was really easy move and everything fell into place because it was time for us to go. But I, of course, six years prior, I wanted to go, but it wasn't time because there was just so much shit that I was swimming in, you know, that needed to be cleaned out to make this, the real move that I was, that my heart was calling for.
1: Yeah. I really like that. That's so interesting because I, work with people one on one as you, as you know doing creative consulting and i very very small amount of people but for some reason this summer like recently i think four out of five of them were all moving and it's not that big of a coincidence though because i feel like everybody who i work with Ends up being very like, oh yeah, I also taught yoga. I also had an eating disorder. i you know, I've moved a lot, and I talk about it and transitions. You know, it's a lot of, and some people are very different from me that I that I work with of all sorts. But it was just interesting, and and something I, I said to all of them is, and you touched on this too, is like, moving is messy. Moving is jarring. It unhinges everything that you're holding on to, so you have to find new anchors. And it also it's expensive but it's really renewing because there's a fresh start however wherever you go there you are you know that's a temporary high it's a temporary high to be in a new place and have you know a new perspective but that only lasts for a bit and then everything else rushes in and there's a really great poem about this that a friend of mine told me about the other morning at the coffee shop that I'll I'll put in the show notes or I'll read after this but basically it's about that sentiment of, you know, you can feel how you're feeling regardless of if it's sunny out or if it's cold out or if you live where you grew up or if you live where you want to be. And it really comes down to community and the people around you. And that takes time as well to build. And you have to invest in that too. And also it comes down to your relationship with yourself of like, we're the only ones that are going to go with us everywhere to the end. And even when I was traveling, I kept that mantra in mind of wherever I go there I am because I could be in a whole new place, but still feel, you know, dreadfully alone or be around people and feel alone. And it's all of it. And I think the biggest thing that I want to highlight from what you said, that I said to all of those four people who I was working with around moving is when you want to move, the best first step is exactly like you said, Nikki, figuring out how to love where you are. It feels like it the opposite, you know, it feels pretty counterintuitive, but I learned that lesson because probably pretty recently to when when we first met, After college, I was teaching yoga. I had a wellness blog, as you know, and all I wanted to do was like teach yoga and blog, but I, you know, had no money. So I had to like move home and I was so upset. And all I wanted to do was move to New York because a lot of ego reasons, but I just didn't want to live at home and I wanted independence. And I, didn't, I was so upset. Like I was just in this like upset with where I was and there's no, that's a very stagnant energy. Nothing could happen there. And so I eventually just like really liked it. Like I got pretty used to, it was just only a couple months, maybe like six months, but I really started to like living with my mom and I liked, like I got comfortable and I liked my yoga classes and I liked the stuff I did. And And right as I started to, like, find my stride in that, I got this job, and I had to move to Detroit, and I was, like, a little bit bummed, you know? And then, similarly, like, I was, you know, oh, man, I'm in Detroit. I really want to be in New York, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as I started to really love it there to the point where I, like, loved my apartment, I loved my friends, I... just started dating someone and then really loving everything there. And it's like, but I got this opportunity of like the thing I always wanted to do. I guess I'm going to go do that. And then same thing, leaving New York, you know, it's like leave. I, I think that that quote of leave places and people better than you found them is always so applicable to like every situation. If you really think about it. And the biggest piece of advice I always tell people with moving is like, figure out how to love where you are and it ends up a new opportunity comes up. And that's, that makes you so much more suited to wherever you go next because wherever you go, there you are. You're going to have to learn to like that place too because it's a lot of pressure of like, here I am, it better be great. And then, you know, and have a, that's what happens when we keep moving and moving and moving, running from ourselves.
0: Definitely. And I mean, it's very similar to like when you're kind of feeling a little unhappy in your life. You know, you're. we always look, to kind of point that energy towards some sort of category in our life. We're like, oh, it's my job. That's making me happy. Like, unhappy. I'm sorry. It's my partner. That's making me unhappy. You know, it's whatever X, Y, Z. And it's really, it's really never that. And when we try to change things because of that, like, or even when like, let's say when a couple is like, oh, we're not doing great. So let's have a baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the same concept. Yeah. Like, Not that those things aren't going to bring, you know, certain joy for sure, but, but it's too much pressure to think that the change is going to fix all the problems, you know? Um, On the contrary, like, I feel like when I moved, it's, it's very quiet there compared to Miami. And again, I don't have like my friends and my family, so I can hear myself more, which is really interesting. Like I can observe myself more, hear myself more and actually I'm finding a lot of things that need to be like re- reworked or, or seen in a different way within myself because I hadn't seen them, I did, it, in my in that, like in that environment that I was existing, and it was very easy to kind of not see it to just kind of keep going. And here, it's like they're really sticking out in me. So if you know, it's 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 beautiful where I am, but at the same time, there's so much. Um, kind of unwinding happening like this, just things like falling off of me that are hard that I have to, you know, that I have to be there for myself. So it's um, not an easy process. And also, I would say like, kind of how you were explaining about that, about when you went to New York, definitely the best, you know, what I find the best way to move, I've, I've moved, well, not including my, my parents moved when I was growing up, but I moved to LA after college and then, you know, recently to Asheville. And I really do feel like the land calls you, um, like, you know, Katie, like I, I use my intuition a lot. I'm very guided by my intuition. That's the way that I move through the world. And in so many ways, like, yeah, I wanted to go to Asheville, but at the same time, I was so comfortable in Miami and I had a, we had a beautiful home and friends and all these things but the calling to Asheville was so loud. It wasn't like, oh, I'm moving here to fix all of my problems. It was like me being like, oh, spirit is calling me. Literally, the mountains are calling me. Like, I there's something there for me. I don't know why. This is crazy. This is so complicated. This is so nuts that I'm doing this. But I know I'm supposed to be there. And that, like, that pool, I think, is always better than a push. Like, I'm going to push this to make this happen. I'm going to force these things to make happen, to make them happen, rather than, then understanding that you're really being pulled, you're going to have to do things even though you're being pulled, but that in a way the feeling is not totally made up in your head, but almost your heart is taking you there and you're just being like a servant to the heart.
1: Yeah. And so much of life is timing, right? You know, and not forcing and not pushing. And I think, you know, if I had moved to New York, when I wanted to, it might've blown up in my face or maybe it would have been great. Like, we don't know, but it it just, we have to, yeah, just be gentle with ourselves and and trust that like the timing that I've been thinking about that a lot. Actually, I, I want to talk about indecision a little bit with you because you've mentioned your intuition and, and I want, I have so much to say about this amazing. So Nikki did an amazing session with me that, I had so many takeaways from and it really hit me hard and she asked me about it when we first got on here and I was like let me just wait and tell you on the podcast because I think it will be really interesting to people but before we we get to that one thing that you know you mentioned people talk about ask you about moving i'm sure people ask you a lot about a lot of things but really what they're asking about is intuition and decision making right when they ask you about anything so i'm curious can you talk about decision-making or rather indecision and, and using your intuition? Because I had an interesting experience last weekend where basically like if I, if I tell the story and I have several times because it really like rattled me, but when I tell the story to my friends, they're like, okay, so wait, you would FOMO? Like it's so simple. Like it's really not, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but in my brain and and like with my, the way that my anxiety pooled around the situation, it felt so big and it was essentially like being invited to go somewhere, but not knowing if I wanted to and saying no, but like a, 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 a not a hard no. And then like regretting it after, and then feeling a little too attached out, you know, all these things. Right. And so I was trying to feel into my intuition, but it got so cloudy the further I got from it. So I'm curious if you have any insights around decision making and how how do you make decisions and and how do you advise other people to use their intuition around decision making?
0: Yeah, Katie, that's such a such a good question. I've actually never been asked this question, but I I have a lot of thoughts and and have also like with what you just shared about FOMO. So. Intuition is something people seek because of self-doubt. You know, at the end of the day, you know, there's this idea that like, oh, if I get really good at my intuition, I'll never make a wrong move again. Like, I will always know what is the right path for me. Like, if I can get very intuitive, I can get really in touch with that, then like, I can always make like these right choices. And I think that's the first mistake, like, you know, that we think. That there's a right and wrong choice, kind of like you were just saying, you're like, who knows? Maybe if I would have moved to New York before, it would have been okay. Like, we don't know. There's this funny, interesting relationship we have with destiny. Some of us, there's a part of us that like wants to have destiny, but then there's a part of us that wants to like manifest everything. You know, like we don't want to believe that we came to this lifetime and everything was set out for us. But then sometimes when there's like too many choices, we don't want that either. <laughs> you know, it's like a really complicated thing. So I think people come to ask about, or, or we have these struggles with with indecision, almost because it's kind of like a like a spiritual crisis. You know, it's like are decisions not personal, and do I just like make decisions and just go through life, or are decisions divinely I don't know what the right word is like divinely curated or decisions like divinely guided. Like, am I supposed to follow some sort of divine plan for myself? So I think like we first have to decide on where we land there, you know, (laughs) like we first have to have almost like a, we have to decide what our values are when it comes to what role does decision have in my life? So for me, I am personally of the belief that we are souls that we've come to this lifetime and that our heart is the compass to like what our soul is supposed to do this lifetime. So I believe that like what my heart is speaking to me, like as it's, you know, like all its little desires, like I believe that those desires were placed in me for a reason because I've worked with so many people and everybody has different desires. So that's always been very fascinating to me that, you know, we're all so different, we all want different things. And, you know, like, I may love to not work in an office, but like, my best friend, like, could never imagine not a nine-to-five job, like, she loves working in a nine-to-five job. So, it's interesting to me how, like, desires are all different, and I really truly feel, personally, like, my personal belief is my heart is my compass, and, like, my job is to all the gunk, like from my heart, like making sure that it's not coming from like an ego place, be listened to the heart. And I decide to make decisions from where my heart is trying to take me. Then there's like another way to look at it too, where, you know, you can be less um, emotional maybe about it. And maybe you're thinking like, okay, like these are the things I want in my life. And I, I, I'm just going to go through life, like making a bunch of decisions to make all these things happen. And I think that that's okay too. Like, I don't think that there is one way to go about life, but I think the only thing is to understand that, that like decision is actually our power. It's our inner power. It's what, it's what makes, it's what creates life for us almost in a way. So, but we often are giving our, power away thinking that I made the wrong choice or that like, I should have done this, I should have done that. Or like, I don't even know what to do. And it's really just like us not knowing how to handle that power that was given to us as humans. Like we all have this power that was gifted to us as, you know, just being humans and being born. And some of us know how to work it and some of us don't.
1: Mm -hmm. I think the piece that's so challenging about and and mine is very intense, you know? It it's it feels really intrusive thoughts, anxiety, OCD of making a decision, reversing a decision, making a decision again. And the worst part is that like decision hangover after of like it was so intense for me to make this decision. Then realizing that especially when I start to vacillate so much that I lose some time, then the next day, no matter what I chose, I'm going to feel a bit off. And then sometimes I I just like in the situation I was alluding to from last week, I, I truly felt like I should have gone, like I should have made a different choice. And that regret or that uncertainty really ate away at me. And so with that, I, I guess my question is like, do you believe that it's a more comforting thought to believe that like, okay, I wasn't meant to be there. Maybe, you know, whatever, whatever. Like, but there's sometimes where my intuition is like, no, if I'm really being honest, I should have gone. Like, yeah, I, I should have gone. That would have been better and more correct for me if I went and I'm bummed that I didn't. And knowing why I didn't go because I was afraid of whatever, whatever, you know, whatever it is. And so do you, like, what do you believe around that? Do you believe that, like, just align... I think, you know, Abraham Hicks says, like, align with the choice, align with the decision, and then be done with it, you know? Because we we talked about this a couple weeks ago in an episode with Madeline Dorr, and She gave this beautiful analogy of when you are in indecision mode, you're staying in the hallways instead of going into the rooms. And the rooms is where it all happens, you know? The rooms is where we can connect and relax. And it just feels so distracting when we're stuck in indecision or in regret from a decision. So do you believe that, you know, whatever choice we made was correct in in that destiny sort of bit? Or, you know, there's different parallel universes where it could have gone a different way or like, how how do you handle that?
0: So I believe that there is this kind of yes, that there is like a bit of an over plan, but I don't but we have so much free will that that I don't feel that like the the small decisions that we make every day are these like make it or break it. you know, like to me, it feels like because actually when you're looking at people's future, like you kind of the way you draw the the future path like the way you look at it is actually based on like the decisions that they're making. And we make these like small choices that might, like, let's say okay you you didn't go to that event or to the the invitation that you didn't go and you're like man i should have gone and let's say you are correct right that like you should have gone right there, that is definitely a possibility like we're not going to pretend like oh everything's like meant for a reason like you're okay no let's say you were like man you know i should have gone i i made this mistake so that right there is like okay what went wrong there? Like, why, you know, why didn't I go, how am I going to love myself in this moment to be like, okay, you know, okay, it's no big deal. Like made the wrong choice. Now we know next time we feel this way, like this is how we're going to handle it. I love you. You're going to, you know, like the next time that something like this shows up, like we're going to, we're going to take the opportunity. And that right there is a little detour. It's like, okay, like now we're going to put her back on the tracks, like on the right track for herself. But let's say there's something about, you saying no to that invitation, and there's like similar invitations, you know, that keep coming up, let's say there's four invitations going forward that keep coming up. And there's something, for some reason, you keep saying no to it. At that point, it's like, you're, it's almost like a video game, you know, like you are not finishing the level. So that same kind of decision or that same habit that that's happening during the time something like those decisions show up. That is like, what that's the little game that we're trying to complete that was it's ultimately gonna bring you on your destiny anyways. I do feel that we can like delay some we can delay destiny with things like that. Like I keep kind of falling into the same habit over and over again, which maybe if I would have nipped it in the butt the first time, like it wouldn't be I wouldn't have draw dragged this along for two years. But I do know that ultimately You know, if the soul's like aware and you you know, like aware, which we are, everybody that's here, like even having these conversations, thinking about it, we're ultimately going to like bring ourselves down the right path. It just sometimes it takes us five times of trying and sometimes we pick it up on the first try. So to me, like what you're explaining about your story, it's really like, what's the habit, you know, like, because actually doubt and indecision is a habit. Um, we just get so used to it. I've seen it a bunch. A lot of the girls that I work with, they used to, they love to use Oracle cards, like, or tarot cards. And I don't know if any of you are into that. And it's just so easy to doubt yourself and get like a hit and be like, oh, let me pick a card and see like what, nothing against cards. I love cards, but it's very easy to be like, oh, let me just get like that hit or, you know, that friend that maybe every time or your mom, if you're, you know, always indecisive and you're like, oh, I could just call my mom and we can talk about this. Or I can talk, you know, I'll text my best best friend and she'll give me some ideas on this, this indecision that I'm having. And you get like this quick hit and actually like almost like the chaos of being doubtful and then getting a hit of clarity is a bit addicting. So it's kind of, we put ourselves in these patterns rather than like, what would it be like if I could ju- just ride out having my own back and like having clarity and believing in myself, like. Can I ride that out? Like, how would that feel in my body to just be like, no, you know what? I I think I believe in myself. Like, I think I got this. I think, and not a, like a super aggressive, oh my gosh, I believe in myself, but just this kind of light feeling in the body of like, not having to go into that chaos of self doubt. Like how long can we hold that for? And that's how we end up breaking this pattern that a lot of us have, myself included, which is why I got into intuition to really like get used to doubt. You know, we really get used to it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. This comedian, his name's Adam, who became a friend, he did the podcast. He really would talk about this and his indecision, right? And the OCD intrusive thoughts of it. And exactly what you brought up about it being addictive of getting that hit of dopamine of like, I made the correct decision. And then eventually that would dwindle and he would want another hit of dopamine so he would reverse the decision of like okay correct decision you know and that is endless so it's really uh yeah that, that was that's a good way of saying it about it being habitual and i don't know it, it it really depends for me on like where i am in other areas of my life on how big of a deal this issue is and how much space i have and the other thing you said about moving too is that it's confronting, right? Like it's confronting because it puts the mirror up in your face when you have more time. And I think there are some things when you have less distractions, there are some things that are really good about hearing yourself and uh, connecting to your intuition. My, my A really close friend of mine from New York recently moved to LA and she was going to be on the East side near me, but she isn't in Topanga and and she didn't really know anybody there. And And we were having a conversation about that earlier in the year or last year. And, and she was saying like, it's my Topanga, it's my Topanga, it's confronting, it's being there. And, and I was having a very opposite experience of feeling like I had no time to myself and just, you know, running into everyone everywhere. And she was like, that's your Topanga, you know, that whatever it is, is our work, whatever is in front of us. And You know, I think the downside to having space mentally sometimes can be over for me going into overthinking and overanalyzing and and just needing to watch that like a habit, just like you said.
0: Yeah. And I I really find that Katie and I wonder if like the next time it shows up for you, I find it like in my body. Like I almost like, you know, when you're sitting down to write, like, let's say you're like, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to spend a few hours writing. And before you know it, like you're making tea or you're eating a cracker, like you're, you know, folding laundry and you're like, wait a second, like, didn't I just tell myself I was going to spend two hours writing and like somehow like you get your butt off that chair and you're somewhere else? Yes, I did that today. I cleaned all day
1: when I was meant to do
0: my work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that can be confused for intuition. People are like, oh, well, I I was feeling called to make the tea, you know, like that's why I went to go do it. And I actually feel that it's actually uncomfortable to hold that power that we have again like since, since our choice is is our energy and it is our power it's what it's our actually our creation power like decision is creation power and sometimes our own creation power is so amazing and it's so strong that i think it's hard to hold it fully in the body like i actually feel like the human body may not be like a strong enough vessel to carry some of our own energetic power that we we can't really which is why we're like getting up and moving around and all these kind of distractions you know that are that are happening and even like holding trust is like so if, if i was like okay i'm re- i'm going to dedicate myself to like not doubting myself for you know a week i'm really going to just eliminate the like doubt is just not allowed for a week. And let's just, it's just an experiment. I can totally go back to doubting and questioning and reversing decisions next week. But I'm just going to like see this experiment out. So no matter, even if I know it was the wrong choice, no matter what I choose this week, like I'm going to be like, that was the right choice. And if you actually would try to do that, I think what you will find is that it's actually so uncomfortable in the body that it's like almost, um, hard to be in a bit of like a stillness to kind of hold this trust, to hold the energy of trust is I think harder than actually holding the energy of doubt. I think that doubt like breaks up that very powerful energy and it gives us breaks where like, if I'm only in like this trust energy, it's almost so strong that the body has a hard time holding it. So for me, when I'm just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to doubt. It's like, I have to breathe more. I have to like hold my own power in me more, like not give it away, not leave it in different places, but actually hold it in my body. And it's it's a lot. So I, I think it might be cool to see like if you would play that little that little game with yourself and see what happens in your body.
1: Yeah, I'm curious too. I sometimes it feels so intense. Yeah, I'm gonna sit with that and And think about it. I I can as you know, and the people who have listened for a while have heard me say this 10 million times, but I tend to be this will shock no one, someone very in my head and disconnected from my body. But that's a good reminder to reconnect.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, and I, I think also like about your decision power, it's creative power. So I think doubt gives us like breaks from like a constant place of creation. You know, like if I didn't doubt myself, I would probably like want to create all day long or like move energy. like I would probably be like making things all day long or doing things all day long because I would be you know excited and and, and creating so I think we have to like learn how to hold the, the higher vibrations of energy like where doubt is like lower vibrations of energy they're easier to carry it's like a little easier actually in a weird way to carry and I think we're still learning to hold like these higher vibrations
1: wow yeah that's really interesting too i'm really excited about today's sponsor everly well they can help you get more clarity and understanding about your body and your well-being with their at-home lab tests. they have over 30 of them and i just got one i'm really really excited i'm going to learn about my thyroid and my hormone levels and i think it's going to be really interesting it's something that i have wanted to get tested and know more about and here we go i'm i'm gonna let you know exactly what i find out with over 30 tests you'll be able to choose one that makes the most sense for you so they have a metabolism test sleep and stress thyroid test. There's obviously so many more options. So here's how it works. Everly Well ships you your at-home test straight to you with everything you need for a simple sample collection using the prepaid shipping label that they also give you. You just mail back the test in a certified lab reads it. In just a few days, your physician-reviewed results and actionable insights are sent right to your device. And you can share those results with your primary care physician to help guide the next steps. It's really, really easy. And over 1 million people have actually trusted Everly Well with their at-home lab testing, which is really, really cool. I'm excited about taking this test. I'm going to let you know my experience. I have it right here. It was super simple. It came right to me, and I'm really grateful, and I'm excited to hear what you think of your experience with Everly Well as well. And speaking of... For listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash let it out. That's everlywell.com slash let it out for 20% off your at-home lab test. everlywell.com slash let it out. i'm so excited about today's sponsor native every native product is thoughtfully formulated to keep you feeling and smelling fresh all day long they're best known for their deodorants which are aluminum free with ingredients that you understand and know and love like coconut oil and shea butter and baking soda they're super simple and they smell so so good native deodorant checks a lot of boxes it's 24 our odor protection, naturally derived ingredients, a smooth residue-free application that's very important, and they have over 10 scents that you can choose from. Native's coconut vanilla is my favorite and it's the one that I've been using for years. My friend Christine turned me on to them a couple years ago, our friend Christine, and truly look out for Native Ever since, and now they're sponsoring the podcast, which is truly so cool. Many, many other scents—if coconut and vanilla is not your thing, lavender, rose, perhaps cucumber, mint, or unscented. Don't have to have a scent at all. Every native product is thoughtfully formulated to keep you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. I am outside most of the day, walking, and constantly feeling like I'm sweaty, uh, which is great, and. Now that I use Native, I'm not worried to, uh, you know, be around people who maybe have to, you know, smell my odor. (laughs) So, if you want to try Native, give it a go. See what scents you like, maybe try a few. They also have moisturizing body washes, so maybe try those while you're at it. Smell fresh. And feel fresh all day long with Native. Get 20% off your first order by going to nativedeo.com slash let it out or use the promo code let it out at checkout. That's nativedeo.com slash let it out and use the promo code let it out at checkout for 20% off your first order. This week is brought to you by Third Love. It's still early in the year, and this is a great time to reorient ourselves with the things around us and figure out what we want more of, what we want less of. Perhaps we want to journal more or spend more time with the people that we love. Third Love wants you to keep your standards high in 2022. Third Love knows comfort and fit are essential to feeling your best, which is why they designed their kinetic sports bra to support you every step of the way. The Kinetic Sports Bra is designed with unmatched comfort and support for your high intensity workouts or the type of workout that I do, which is casual errands. It's available in 22 sizes. That's a lot of sizes. It's also my lucky number. And I'm really happy that they can support so many different people in so many different bodies. There's a back closure and adjustable straps and it comes in so many different colors. I love Third Love. It's the most comfortable bra I've ever had on my body and I really like this this sports bra. I'm either wearing like none at all or this one pretty much. So I like a bra that you really don't realize is there and that's why I'm really excited to try more of their products this year. And they have so many and quality is really important to them and comfort. Their bras, underwear, activewear, and feel good all day wear are designed to support you and just feel really good. Third Love makes it really easy to find a bra that actually fits you with their fitting room quiz. That's probably my favorite part. It's like a personal shopper, and I think you'll you'll really, really like it. It's helped 18 million women find their true bra size. It's guaranteed. If not, exchanges and returns are free within 60 days, so there's really nothing to lose. And here's the best part. Third Love is the largest Donor of undergarments in the U.S. Partnering with organizations across the country And they've donated so far 40 million dollars worth of bras To help people in need Feeling is believing Upgrade to everyday pieces That love your body as much as you do Right now you can get 20% off your first order At thirdlove.com slash let it out That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash let it out There's so much I want to talk to you about, and we don't have that much more time, but I have to really do a deep dive into this session that you did with me because it really shook me. It was really cool, and I don't even really know what it is or what you did (laughs) um, or why, but I know that you use the Akashic Records and your intuition and your psychic capabilities, but I'll talk about it from my perspective. And then I'd love to hear about it from your perspective, like how you do this and how you format them and what you do to prepare, because you told me some information about myself. I'm, g- I'm just going to share like a few things that really stuck with me and landed, but everything you said really tracked, you know, what the first thing you started with was like my soul apparently, and you can get more into this and maybe we can give people a little bit of an experience of it. But you said that my soul is a star seed. I think like I have been here many times. It's an older, or I, I, it's an older soul, but I haven't been to earth very many times. I lived in like other dimensions. And so it's hard for me. I feel like a, you know, Not really connected to people It's hard to Some people have like a soul pod here People they've been with Many lifetimes And I don't really have that And you said that My Body situation Like choosing my gender And all the like Ups and downs I've had with my body Was Very intentional To learn something This lifetime However It's really uncomfortable Because My soul hasn't Been In A body On earth Very often And this is What I meant to learn in this lifetime and you said I wrote this down it's a pretty important one which feels like a lot of pressure but also kind of cool and anyway it, that those were just a few things i wrote down but you know we also got into we talked a lot about work and i feel like things are kind of chaotic right now and i really want this almost like phoenix rising from the ashes energy of it's something that i really admire about you and your work nikki is that you are not afraid to try a bunch of things and then let them go and then fully re- restart and I feel like I hold on to things a little bit longer and I'm wanting to let go of things and that was really interesting and then we talked about love and dating and you told me you know with all of this how can I let it be easy and let it be fun and and focus on the work now and that the love will come later and and all of this and it was just like I said you know read me like a book in this way that I, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I didn't come with questions. Although you and Danica asked me several times to come to you with some questions, but I forgot and I was not prepared. And you just read me in this way that felt so nourishing and intriguing. And I learned so much. And then I was able to ask whatever I was curious about. And I just really appreciated it. And I would love to hear about it from your perspective. Like, what did you do? How did that go for you? And, and talk about that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. The reading I'm so, I was, I'm so happy. Like I was like dying, dying to hear how it went for you, but the readings are really a moment with your soul. Like that's at least that's, that's my intention. I, I didn't grow up intuitive or anything. I, I had, I was an editor for many years and I had this like awakening and, got really interested in it and got really like nerdy about readings and started going to a bunch of readings and then one day I was like I think I could do this and I started doing them myself and of course I was a bit of like almost like a connoisseur of readings so then I learned like okay if I were to give myself a reading like what would I want and that's kind of you know where the actual reading comes from. And for me, the reason that no, even like no matter what the messages are in many ways, like sometimes like what you're saying that it was very nourishing, like that really comes from having like one hour that's actually dedicated to your soul, like to the deepest part of yourself. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to see you from a soul perspective. I'm I'm trying to like eliminate um, you, the human. I'm, I'm not like super, int- you know, of course, there's a, a lot of human things that are showing up. But I'm trying to like, I'm curious is most of the time why I'm able to pull the things I'm pulling because I'm like, oh, like, why is she here? Like, what is her soul's, you know, purpose and origin? And what's the point of all these things? So that's, that's like the intention. That's where I'm coming from. And then, of course, there's a lot of just like nerdy training things. I am using the Akashic Records, which is basically... A place you go to in meditation, like you have to hold your focus, go into meditation, and it's a place where you can read energy that basically carries all the information of your soul. So everybody has these records; it's what they're called, your own akashic records. And the trick to like pick up this information is to learn how to read energy. So everything has energy. We are reading energy all the time, right? So like, if you see a friend and you're you know you just get this vibe that they're not feeling well, you may feel it. But if you actually like learn to close your eyes and hold your focus, let's say on the friend's energy, you'll be able to read what is in the energy because we carry all these things on our energy. So a lot of what I'm reading is also just held on your energy. So you just have to learn to, to focus, but anybody can do it because we, that's, I mean, that's what I do. I train people to do it as long as you're interested. So that's where we're pulling. And yeah, Katie, for you, it's like, you're so kind of focus on earth which is interesting but you're not like of the earth in many ways so to give you it's it's really to give you like a bird's eye view of yourself too you're like living your life you're like in your life you know but it's nice to have that time to just kind of like zoom you out and be like oh like did you know these things about your soul and does this resonate? And if, when it starts to resonate, you're like, wow, there's something to this. Even if you don't believe in it, there, you know, like there's just certain certain things that when you get a reading, somebody that doesn't know you or doesn't know you well can pick these things up. Like it's, it's super cool. It's fascinating. And there's something about the session too. Like you were very present in the session for a whole hour, you know, and that is very nourishing in itself.
1: I said this to you after we were done recording, but like you said, I was very present. I was walking, but I was like super present during it, just listening. And it felt really nice to have someone who cared, put attention on me in conversation for an hour, 90 minutes or whatever it is. And that was truly incredible. And then you use this not to like get like about the technology, but you use something that is so cool it recorded it and it also transcribed it and it also says like when wherever there was a positive statement action item interesting question swearing like it's so cool this i mean this is not an ad for this like it's like a system that you use for it but it just was really i'd never seen it before and your assistant sent it to me after and i was listening to it today and i was like wow this is really cool but anyway, like you said, I think any time you are being fully present feels good, and any time someone's having attention put on you feels good. And it's so funny, Nikki. I don't know if you remember this, and maybe you can even clarify more what you meant if you do. But you were you gave like a general check of me, and you're like, you're a little bit off path, which you're like, don't worry, everyone is kind of sometimes, and you know, whatever. And then you were like, spirit, and you go through each of my chakras, and you told me what was. Going on there, and you you mentioned that I you know you recommended this great book on boundaries. Like there were so many things, but about spiritually, I think you said I forget what it was. But it, again, I have a beautiful recording and transcript, so I can find it. But it was something like I was I was blocked or disconnected. I'm pretty sure. Do you remember that
0: from from yourself spiritually? I'm trying to remember. What. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I'll look it up. But the the point is that that tracked and. I was journaling yesterday, and what came up for me was I do feel that way. I do feel like I'm a bit disconnected right now, and I don't know why. And, yeah, I'm meditating, and, like, I'm doing, you know, some of the things that help me feel more connected. But what came to me while I was journaling to help me feel more connected was so simple. It was just be extremely present, fully present everywhere you are. Like, I think it's the biggest creative hack. I think it's could potentially be a spiritual hack because, and I hate the word hack, but a tool, like it, it's everything. Like, why else are we here? And I think we feel so uncomfortable when we're distracted. It goes back to the decision thing. And if I can just really be where I am and not, you know, it feels uncomfortable when you are with someone you have a crush on and you are thinking about what they're thinking of you, right? You're not there and you're not, you're missing it. You're missing everything. Like it all feels uncomfortable. And so I think the more that I can get into my body and feel what's happening around me presently, that is how I will connect spiritually because I believe we're all connected and I'm gonna miss that connection if I'm in my head and elsewhere. Does
0: that make sense? Yeah, of course. You're, you're also like seeking a lot of like ground grounding for sure. And because the thing about being present is like going back to, you know, how we started the conversation, you're not going to the past. You're not like doubting things that like are over. That's it. You can't fix the past. Like you can't do anything about that. You, like why even spend time thinking about if you've made the right decision or not, because it, it already happened, right? So presence takes you away from that. Like your mind doesn't have to go to the past. And then also the more anxious part where we're like looking forward and like, is this going to happen? I'm scared. You know, what's going to happen? Is this going to work out? Blah, blah, blah. Does he like me? Um, What's he thinking about me? All that kind of stuff. That's us traveling to the future. And that's not helpful either. We're in the presence. That is actually where the true essence of you comes through. And everybody's essence is different, but it's all beautiful. And it's also like you're in your true vibration. So like, You're no longer, let's say, anxious Katie has like a different vibration. It's not true. Like, okay, Katie who's going into the future, let's say, and thinking about like what's to come, blah, 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 not being able to, you know, sit with somebody because, you know, you're thinking about whatever's to come. That is different than like presence Katie. So, if you're, say, you're with a guy that you like, chances are that person is going to be more attracted to present Katie, rather than future or the regretful past Katie. So we're actually like getting our, like the potency, like of our essence when we're in the present and overall, like the people that are meant to vibe with us end up really vibing with us because it's like our truth. Like we're, um, all of a sudden I'm present. So I'm like fully in my, my truth. Like there's just nothing else but my presence and me. and that energy is so, everybody wants to be around that energy. So it's actually like a very good, like attracting energy too. And it's like what makes things happen. It's what brings people towards you. So yeah, it's great for dating. (laughs) Mm,
1: Yeah. For anything, you
0: know, it's
1: people love when people are real, right? And when you're real, you're present, you're authentic, you're vulnerable and that is very attractive energy. I believe in everything, especially connection of any kind and, and dating. And that's something I wanted to ask you about because obviously it came up in my session and, and your your work has centered around love and dating and, and what blocks people from that. And 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 I'd love to go into that a little bit. But I'm first curious something I've been thinking about a lot today. Like I To your point about it being attractive and a bit unattractive when you're not in that, today I was having a conversation with my friend, Crystal, who's done this podcast, who also happens to be psychic. (laughs) But we were talking about dating and I have a person who, I think they actually came up in my session with you as well. But a big thing with this person is that I essentially was doing what you were just talking about the entire time that I, you know, when I was really spending time with them, where I was constantly not being myself. I was in the past or the future. I was just, I, I, as much as I tried, <laughs> like they would get just glimpses of me as myself because I just couldn't be myself around them the, the, no matter what I did. And I think that's why it feels so hard to let go of in ways because there's this feeling of like, I want to redeem myself or I want them to, I want to be seen because I think intimacy is like, we all crave being seen for who we really are and loved, you know, and it's also scary. Right. But I think that, you know, desire to, to be seen is feels so uncomfortable when you do the opposite. So, yeah, I just I don't know. I, I I just wanted to share that that really landed. Of like, you know, do do you think there are some people who you can't be yourself around for whatever reason? Like, it just it's not meant to be because because of that.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna answer that, but I'm also gonna, if it's okay, if I'm gonna speak to something that you said. So Please. you were saying that you know, and there's this weird kind of feeling of wanting to redeem yourself, like going back to the relationship, which is funny, because it sounds like it's kind of similar to what you feel about your projects, like any creative project that you're working on, like almost like wanting to go back to it and fix it. Because maybe you've learned, you know, something along the way, you're like, Oh, now I I could do it this way, I can fix it that way. So it's kind of like how you're doing one thing might be how you're doing a few things. Like, it's not just like, a thing that you're doing in dating, you're probably doing it in other things. And you're really craving like, like clean slates almost Mm -hmm. Um, like a fresh start, but there is this, you know, this desire to go back and fix. So that's actually like, that's also why you're craving presence, because in a way the past doesn't, you know, the past does not exist when you're present. So there will be no need to fix anything because it didn't happen. Like it doesn't exist almost in a way. So I just thought that was interesting. Like it might be interesting to see to kind of almost make a choice. Like, do I want to be fixing the past or do I want to like have a clean slate and take everything that I've learned, like, and everything that I've been inspired by and everything that I know and actually like build this thing right. So it's kind of like, am I going to keep going back to that house that I bought? That was like, a total, you know, needed so much renovation. I tried really hard, but everything kept breaking. Or do I buy this house that has like, that's good to go. It has clear bones. You know, I'm going to design it, but there's nothing super broken about it. You know, what project do I want to take on? And not that one is better than the other, but sometimes like the, the first project might take a much, much longer and it might even be like less of a guarantee than the clean slate project. So maybe getting clear too, you know, like just getting clear on yourself and being like, okay, like, what am I going to commit to that can be helpful? Because then, you know, you don't have, like your brain can't go to the past because it's made a decision, at least it's made a decision on what path it's going to take, basically. So I thought that was interesting because you might be doing something like that in like other parts of the life because so it's just fascinating how we do one thing is how we do everything mm-hmm. That's we get so obsessed with these, like, I don't know, like, my money or my, or my work or, or the way that I date. And it's like, I bet if you look at other areas, it might be easier to fix another area because dating might get so personal or money might get so personal. But if you like fix it with the way you interact with your mom, that may heal all the other places in your life that you're doing the same thing. You know, like I, that's what I always try to do. I always try to be like, oh my gosh, I keep having the same problem here. Where am I doing in other areas? And is it easier to fix it with like? my kids than it is to fix it in my work. It might be easier to fix it with my kids. So I'll do it that way. And then it's going to pour into my, into my work. And that's, that's why in a good, in a, like there is a good thing about how we do one thing is how we do everything, because then you fix one thing and everything else is falls into place, you know? Yeah. So seems like you might be doing some of the same stuff there. And then the question about like, can, are there some people that we just like, can't be ourselves around You know, I think from a soul's from a soul's perspective, yes, because many times these people are soulmates, and there's actually like karma that that comes into play, or there's reasons that we're meant, and there's like assignments basically that we have with the person. So, I mean, he sounds very soulmate to me. Like, you know, there's that there's there's like something that you guys are like meant to do together, or something that you know, ignited in you, or there's a reason why. But that's also the tricky thing about soulmates, because soulmates are such a potent connection, that when it doesn't work, we really like blame ourselves or think that we did something wrong, because it really felt like it was supposed to work. So that's why it's it's really hard to like, let go of soulmates. But if we can then move into the perspective of, we were meant to come together it brought all of these things into my life it opened this up to me then that's actually like how we are able to start to let it go and understand that not all soulmates are meant to be together for a lifetime we're only meant to be together not even like I mean hopefully a romantic partner maybe you're with them your whole lifetime but none of that is necessarily guaranteed but we do, when we meet a soulmate, it just feels so good. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, I know this person. Like I'm connected to this person. I remember this person. I mean, I remember meeting my husband, seeing him from across the room in a big party and just recognizing him. I was like, I know this, like, I know this soul. Like I, I know this person, but also having that with ex boyfriends too. And that didn't work out. And it, and it was very, it's very hard. So yes, there's that I think that happens when we start to see that the relationship's not going to work. I bet you, you were yourself in the beginning, it's towards like the part where you're like, oh, this is not going to pan long term, is like when things get a little tricky and it's hard, you know, to come to terms with that with a soulmate. And then, second, just from kind of like a psychological place, sometimes we are in these relationships and these people trigger. A trauma in us. So like, maybe this person reminds me of my father who did this to me. And now I'm acting this way, or this person, when I am emotional, this person gets closed off. And I don't, I don't remember this, but like, as a little girl, when I was five years old, like my grandmother used to always do that to me. And I loved her so much. And she never gave me emotion. And I'm really trying to my little girl in me is like, really trying to fix that. So it's two things. It's like the soul part that there's like all these like soul contracts, but then also certain relationships will trigger the inner child. And the inner child is like trying to fix things that she couldn't fix in the past. So she gets like obsessive over it, you know?
1: Yeah. It's all really fascinating to, to think about and break down. And the other part of my question too, is why do you think it is that, not even you know, to ask you as a psychic or as an intuitive or someone people are coming to for advice, but why is it that we love talking about dating and love and connection, and obviously it's so much an art, and I know the the obvious answer is that it's so universal, and we've all experienced it, but what I've been really thinking about is that it's more than that it's safe, right it's like it's not a polarizing topic like. So many other topics right now, but also it's fun and gentle in a way. Like the stakes are almost lower, although they're also so high. There's, I don't know what it is. It, it almost feels like a it's a it's an area that allows for vulnerability and allows for you to be seen and and in, intimately, even just talking about it with friends. So yeah, I'm just curious your perspective on that and if you can talk about why we always want to. Contemplate and think about
0: love and connection. It's such a good question. and I've definitely thought about this myself before. And honestly, I think that the concept of us meeting up with a stranger to ultimately come together and let's say make family if that's what you ended up wanting to do is like the greatest story of hope. As humans, we're so we're taught to like be afraid of each other and to be separate from each other, to be scared of each other. But then we do this wild thing, which is we go have coffee with absolute strangers, hoping that maybe that person we will ultimately mate with and like make more humans together. You know, it's like the most bizarre thing, but it's also, I think it is so natural, right? It's actually animalistic. Like we're mating basically is what we're doing. But at the same time, like all of our logic has to go away because if I told you, like, I want you to go to so and so place at eight o'clock at night, there's a stranger, you've not, that's gonna like be there, and they may hurt you. You know, like you're gonna be like, well, I'm not going. But if I tell you, I'm you okay, up, I'm gonna set you up with this guy that's like a friend. I don't know him, but he's a friend of a friend of a friend. Heard he's a great guy. You guys should get together. It's still the same person, right? But you're like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. I'll go. Like this person somehow is like no longer a stranger and no longer dangerous.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's wild.
0: (laughs) You know, it's fascinating.
1: Or like, I'm going to roll the dice because could, you know.
0: (laughs) But then you're like grossed out by the person that's like trying to talk to you in the line at the supermarket. You know, it's very, it's super, super interesting. And I think that that's why... I don't know. I just think, like you said, it's very vulnerable. I think that's why we like to talk about it. I think it's it's like the one action that we do that really like brings hope too. I think there's just something that really it brings us together. At the end of the day, it's what makes us all family because we keep reproducing and mating, so we're all family. So it's actually, you know, us coming together to be one again.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I I, I think this. Some of the experiences that I've had with, with dating that I've just talked about so much with friends, one of my friends explained to me once, she was like, you know, I think it's because it feels safer for you to obsess and think about these and want to talk about these than like money in your business or like how you're, you know, your things going on with your parents or, you know, it's like there's a a lightness to it, I think, that sometimes I don't know. I think that's part of it.
0: It's a total Mm -hmm. fresh start. Like the person doesn't know you. It's a strain. There's no, there's hope. Like there's nothing new. Like there's no, there's no past between the two of you. Yeah. So like you get, it's like every time you meet a new person, you get a fresh start. I was totally, when I was dating, I was totally addicted to that. Like I was totally addicted to like not being known and like being able to like charm a person, you know, and like them not knowing anything about me. I found it to be very freeing because I grew up in a world where like I was around the same people. I was always with like, you know, the, like I was really always trying to break out. And to me, dating actually felt like expanding my universe, <laughs> you know, in many ways. And um, I got like really addicted to that, that like first few dates Cause I just felt like, I just felt like possibility and opportunity yeah. to me, you know, like, I think this. I think it's something very hopeful. I don't think it's. I don't know. I don't feel like it's the. Our sad broken self. I think it's actually our optimistic, hopeful self that is driven to that to dating.
1: And now you get it in Asheville with a new beginning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I guess similar to how you were saying that, like you know, you can get addicted to moving around. There's just something so hopeful about those new beginnings.
1: Yeah. Well, one more thing about this, I have a friend who's very, really wants to find love and thinks about it a lot and tries much more than I do. You know, they're on the apps, they're they're doing it. And I don't have that approach at all, which is a whole nother story. But what would you say to someone who's like in that headspace, who's like really ready, who's like, all right, this is what I want. I'm sure it's very individual, but are there any like overarching things that, you know, are blocks that you see or like, what would you whisper into that person's ear?
0: Have they been like this for a long time or did they like kind of a year ago? They're like, okay, I'm going to take this serious and go for it. I don't know. I think a while. Okay. So dating like any other goal is, is attainable. I, I just feel that we judge ourselves in the process. And we like let people judge us too. So like if it's really in this person's heart to be in relationship and not because like, oh, it's going to solve all my problems and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But just like, you know, I really want to be with a partner. I, it's, it's kind of like when you're, I don't know, trying to become an actor or you're trying to be an artist or you're trying to go after a dream. Like some people it takes a year and some people it takes four years. But even the people that took four years are like, ah, I always believed in myself. Like I'm happy that like I went through that. And I think the same thing is with dating. I mean, I know that when I was, I was the same. I was like that. I was like very much like on a mission, you know, and people were definitely judging me while I was on my mission, but I was like, no, I just, I know this is meant for me. Like I'm, I'm going to work at this and like, this is my approach. This is what feels good for me. Like, this is how, you know, this is how it works for me. So I would say for that person, like, I feel like there might be just this overall feeling of. I'm doing something wrong or, um, I'm judging myself through this process, but what if they would just see it as like, you know, like try fall on your ass and get back up and not judge like yourself as you're going through that. What if you can just be like, you know, I, this is something I want in my life. And yeah, like I'm going to fall on my ass several times, but that doesn't mean anything. Like just because I went on three dates with three different guys or girls or people, and it didn't work doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to be with somebody. It just means that, like, this is part of the process, like, of getting to my person. So I would, elim- again, eliminate some of the um, judgment, the judgment, the negativity, like, just kind of flow with it. Like, know that it's kind of like when you're looking for a job, you know? Like, just because yeah. you have five people that don't pick you doesn't mean you're not going to get a job. It just means right. that, like, those weren't, those weren't the jobs for you. That's all it means.
1: Right. Or trying something in your business. And so, you know, my, my friend, Serena's dad always says, success teaches you nothing. You know, it's, it's, we learn what we want in work by trying a bunch of things and figuring it out in business and jobs and dating. My friend, Christine's always, she always says when someone breaks up with someone like, congratulations, like, you know, maybe not to them in the moment, but she always says that every single person she's dated has gone a little bit better for her than the last person. And I think there's truth to that. You know, I think that we get to know ourselves better and we have more experiences and, and I think that's true in in business and work too. And something I admire about you, I actually wanted to bring that up with business that you you know, you started wanting to work in TV. You end up writing, working for Refinery29. And now you are really someone who's a provider for your family. And you have this business. And and Danica, I, I listened to two of your podcasts today, Nikki. And one was with your husband, Benny, which was so cool. And you talked a lot about dating and meeting him and a lot of these questions you get around that. And then another one was about Really, your business and how you built it. And it was years of trying things and seeing what, you know, rose to the top as correct and letting it be okay when something wasn't, which is what you're essentially saying in dating. And anyway, could you just end by talking a little bit about that, a little bit about what you've built business wise and anything you've learned from that that you can share?
0: Yeah. Business is hard, <laughs> but it's like not for the you know faint of heart. But again, I, I feel like if you, to me, I, I'm really like driven by large, like kind of big scale visions, you know, even though there might not be specific. So I think for me at some point, my vision was like, okay, I want to do work that is meaningful. That's, fun for me and provides for my family like that that's so broad doesn't mean shit like what is like what does that mean like i don't even know right but it was such a it's like a very broad intention and i just i move as if i'm protected you know even that friend that you were talking about dating is like what if she he she they would date um in a way that like kind of how your friend was saying like oh because that that kind of feeling like you are protected like these things are happening for you so what if like i would move through dating like that what if i would move through business like that and that's really like i, I really believe that like i would set up, i was clear you know i had to be clear on some sort of basic level like i'm like okay this is kind of overall what i'm clear on that i i want to provide i i want financial freedom you know i want i want to do something that like i love that's helpful that's good for the world that kind of stuff and it gives me a lifestyle that i can be with my kids that those type of things And then, okay, then, then I pay attention, you know, and then I'm like, okay, then I go into the business. And I'm like, do these things, like, is the universe, give me a thumbs up, or give me a thumbs down? Like, I feel like it's almost like, I threw that out to the universe. And then the universe is, is basically trying to guide me in silence, unfortunately, because it doesn't, it's not talking to me like a human, but it's talking to me through certain actions. So an example was, I was doing dating work for a while. I loved it. I got my start there for sure. Like that's where people were like getting to know my name and coming to me and the reading started. But it's what's so funny is that it's, and I really felt like I was being called to do dating work from a spiritual lens. And then just from one month to the next, it felt like that dating was not it anymore. And it was like, okay, Nikki, like, thank you. Like you've brought this as far as you can. We're ready for you to move on to the next thing. And like this doesn't work anymore. And I probably dragged that on a little bit longer than like I should have. Thankfully, Danica, who's like my work wife, she was like really annoyed at the dating work at some point. Like she was just annoyed about the clients and like the way we were making money. And like her annoyance actually like really made because I have a high like tolerance for pain. And when she was annoyed, I was like, oh god, like this is not there's something wrong here and it's not that it needs to be fixed it's actually that it's not for us anymore so having to like see that and having to make that brave choice of like okay this is just this period is over with the season is over with the dating season it's always going to be part of my body of work and it's always going to be something that people talk to me about the book exists all that stuff but it's like that album like if i was a you know a musician we have ended that album and now we're going to start writing the next album and hopefully the next album is a greatest hit, you know, it has, it has a hit song in it, or at least a few hit songs in it. So really knowing that I am protected, and like, I'm taken care of, like, I really exist, which is trust, you know, overall, like I exist in the world that way. And I'm just paying attention a lot. And sometimes, when something's not working, it's because it needs to be tweaked. And we definitely like with this latest project, like after dating, I moved into what we call Soul Academy, which is like all the intuition work where I train people to be intuitive. Soul Academy has was something that like, I had to work on for a long time. It's very detail oriented. There was a lot of like, just fixing things. And I had to be okay with fixing things and not being like, oh, it's not working. I got, you know, I have to get out because that can happen. So you kind of have, there's like a, there's a fine line between abandoning and sticking it out and fixing. But I think that the trick is like if you fix something and you're rewarded, like you're like, oh I did that fix and like look, look how much happier people are. Like look at that there's more money coming in. Great. So that, but if I fix something and it's just like a chronic complaint and nothing is getting any better, that's when like with which is what was happening with the dating work at some point, that's when it was like, okay, time to time to move on to the next project. So you know, I really am like communicating with the universe. Like I believe that it's talking to me through my business. I'm not always open to it. Like for instance, Danica, we were experiencing a lot of frustration, but because I have a high tolerance for pain, I didn't notice it until I saw one, like until I saw my work wife, right? Like my partner Danica being in pain. That's what called my attention. So it's like, she needed to get to a frustrated place for me to be like, oh, this is like not working. So I, I do miss things for sure at some point, but I'm really trying to feel like the business and my, like the, the divine guidance that's with me is speaking to me through the whole process. Mm, yeah. That's so cool. It's oh, a cool. weird way of existing, of course, but you know, it, it does bring us money, a lot of money. So it works. <laughs>
1: that's really cool. I'm so, when I was listening to that podcast and you were breaking it down, I was like, wow. I'm so happy for you Nikki that's like no small thing you you talk about like how you were working with your husband's business and then he moved out of that and you're like all right well I've got I've got to do this and I ha- it has to work and it did and you know there's something about that not having to put the pressure on the work to make you money I think is really effective actually as a solution it sounds like you did that at the beginning of like trying things and like you said doing a lot of sessions and finding crafting what exactly what you would want And then eventually the opposite is true where like you actually having that, that push to like, okay, I have to do it or not right now is also motivating. And it it just depends. And sometimes we have to vacillate between the two. And anyway, I'm just really happy for you that it's going well.
0: Thank you, Katie. Yeah, I'm totally at that point that I got to that my back was up against the wall. Like I had no choice, but to make this work actually like, self doubt was a luxury that i didn't have anymore which was interesting before i had the luxury of being able to doubt myself and question myself and waste time all these kind of things because money was being provided through my husband's business but when i lost when we had to like close that business because of his health and i i actually like it was almost like the universe was like oh my gosh this girl she's never going to stop doubting herself we're just going to have to rip things like under her feet make it pretty difficult for her. And she's, you know, she's going to show up, you know, like it's game time. So I, I don't recommend that for anybody. I don't wish that upon anybody. Like I, I go through that again. Cause it's just, you know, like your, your butt is like under fire basically, but it's also what made me produce because I did not have the luxury of doubt. I just had to go. So yes, like you said, for sure. Sometimes I'm happy I had that first stage. It's kind of like being a kid, you know, like you have pre-kinder and kindergarten and all these toys and it's fun. And then at some point you get into, you know, grade school or middle school and it's like becomes real. And that's, I think that was my process as a little young entrepreneur. I got to be just discovering a lot. And then now, right, then I got that place where it's like, shit's real. And now I'm in the place that shit is stable and I can go back, to pursuing some creative pursuits that like i haven't been able to do because i had to like create stability and i thought that i would hate that as an artist that like everything was pretty like structured and masculine and all that as an artist i was like always afraid of that but there was a beauty to that stage of being very structured and becoming stable and that i became so proud of being stable that it felt okay i am definitely now moving into a place that i'm excited to get back into some creativity that like had to be put on hold because of creating structure and stability, but now I'm in this place where I'm balanced. Where in the, the first part of my business it was all creativity and whatever the hell I wanted to do, and then the second was like very you know very structured and stable. And now those two get to marry because I've been on both extremes before, um, and they were never bad extremes. They were just like me learning to be on both ends. And now marrying them is just really exciting, you know, and being able to be supported. My creative endeavors get to be supported by my own structures where before, like my creative endeavors were being supported by, you know, a job that I didn't like or whatever. Like now I get to do that creative stuff, but being provided by the thing that I created to provide for me.
1: Yeah. I'm so happy for you. That's so cool you're the you're incredible. I love you. I'm so happy that we're friends, and I'm so happy to have you back on the podcast and anyway you're you're the best. Is there anything that you wish that you would have let out that you never get to talk about that you wish that I would have asked that you want to share?
0: no i I think I got it all out, Katie. I just hope that listeners know that anything is possible. <laughs> it really is, and I hope that. You know we all take some time to like to hear our hearts and you know get to know the real language of the heart and and follow it and may it bring you so much abundance and and joy and i'm really wishing that to you katie and of course and everybody who's listening
1: mm. well thank you so much you're incredible let's end with taking a deep breath letting it out inhale let it out <sighs> <sighs> Thank you, Nikki. I'm so happy we did this. Thanks, baby. Okay, that was my conversation with Nikki Novo. Thank you so much for listening. I'm really happy that you're here. If you're new, Nikki's been a guest deep in the archive. Go explore the archive. And if you want more of us talking, I'm on her podcast this week as well. So, it's a really, you know, part one or part two of this conversation. If you want to, if you like this and want to hear us keep talking, there's more where this came from over there. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about another podcast that I listened to last week. It was an episode of Fresh Air with Terry Gross, my hero. And the episode was called There's a Scientific Reason Why Breaking Up Feels So Rotten I had a similar hypothesis to that title Based on my own experience And if you've been around here for a while, you know this But a couple years ago, I had a breakup that really hit me hard And my inability to think about or talk about anything else for months Really bled into every area of my life, including my work, including this podcast, meaning most every episode I recorded for about a year, I asked questions like, you know, have you ever had a breakup? Uh, Have you ever had your heart broken? Uh, What helped you? You know, really just self-serving, but also I think served a lot of us because we're all constantly moving In and out of relationships Whether it's a friendship or a business Relationship or You know just a relationship that you know I've learned in the last Couple years that we move in and out Of closeness with people And it wasn't just you know On the podcast where I was Gathering all of these stories And nurturing insights and advice From people experiencing Breakups it was everywhere Because I was so open That year to any advice coming from any direction that, you know, I'd be talking to the person driving the taxi about their divorce, or a brand new friend, or, you know, a work relationship. And eventually I can piled and organized and dosed all of that out in these kits that you might have heard me talk about before. The breakup kits. <laughs> Part of me cringes and laughs at myself for doing this, but I'm also very happy that they exist because I think they, I know that they've been helpful to people based on the messages that people have sent me. Because getting over a relationship is never a linear process. And I've learned that through experience. And this episode of Fresh Air really reminded me of that. And it's usually, you know, many many stages but i really think it comes in two parts first i have to soothe myself and just be really gentle with myself and then i can start doing what i call solving right like first i have to cope and then i can solve which is like noticing my role mining the relationship for gems of where i want to grow and expand and it's a process that i often feel Makes me feel like I want to get back with the person or the friend or whatever it is Longing for that But really I need to return to myself and my creativity and deepening my other relationships So if you are feeling that or you know someone who is Maybe send them the soothe or solve kits And I'm gonna give you a discount code in a second But since we talked about dating and relationships and love and this I just thought I would mention it here. And also it's February and it's about to be Valentine's Day. And I just thought it might be a good time for this. So if you have any questions about these kits, we made an FAQ page at the bottom of the the page that we'll link to here where you can check them out or feel free to email me about anything. I'm Katie at letitoutwith3ts.com. So in honor of Valentine's Day for this entire month of February, 20% off of the breakup kits with the code February. Send it to a friend who might need them. And I'm just really grateful that you're here, that you're listening every relationship that ends, whether romantic or business or friendship, has forced me to consider my role. And it's been a really useful time for me to reflect on where I am, on where I can change or choose to accept how I am and lean into that with more understanding instead of Strife, I guess And I've chronicled everything that I've learned In that process in the Soothe and the Solve kit So those are available If you want them, if you need them If you know someone who does If you just liked this episode Please share it with a friend That really helps us out And leaving a review on iTunes You know, just clicking the stars is really helpful Or writing a review is really helpful If you haven't done it already It truly means so much And if you want the show notes emailed right to you The link to get the let it out letter, I'm a little bit behind on sending them, but I send out a link to everything we talked about in the episode, as well as, you know, sometimes a short or long essay or musings for me, but the link to get on the let it out letter will also be there. Thank you again so much for being here. The emoji of the week. Is The Broken Heart You can comment that On my Instagram On Nikki's Instagram On Let It Out's Instagram Please follow Let It Out On Instagram If you're not already It'll let you know When new episodes are out It's Let It Out With three Ts And it's also me Actually turns out But you can also follow me At Katie Dilba. I don't post as much But I'm going to try more um, Because I want to It's nice (laughs) Alright love you And I will talk to you next week With a brand new episode And I'm so grateful that you're here, that you're listening.